0: Hey everybody, we'd like to welcome you to the Ewok Podcast. We hope your day's going good. This is the official podcast of the East Wilton Union Church located in Wilton, Maine. And today we're going to hear a message from Robbie Locke, our senior pastor. We hope that it's a blessing to your life and that God uses it to help you walk closer with him. And our prayer is that you would grow closer to him in truth and in love. Well, without further ado, here's Pastor Robbie.
1: This week as I was studying the scriptures, and I've been doing a lot of reading, uh, and even last night, uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with J.I. Packard, a wonderful man of God who has written a book that's become pretty famous called Knowing God. Some of you may have heard of it. He wrote it back in the 70s. Well, at the age of 93 yesterday, he went home to be with the Lord. But he was one of the great voices of our generation in the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. One of the things that uh, they did last night in honor of his life was to show a video that was recorded about five years ago where he gave his testimony of salvation, how he came to Christ, how he ended up in the ministry And why he wrote Knowing God, which was the first book that he ever wrote. Since then, I think he wrote dozens of books. But uh, it was a wonderful story listening to what God had done in his life. But what really stood out to me as I was listening to him was the emphasis that he put upon God's people coming together for the primary purpose of hearing the word of God. You know, so many times we are living in a day when people want to come to church to be entertained. And there's nothing wrong with great music. In fact, we want to always have as great a music as we can. There's nothing wrong with a lot of the things that are being done in churches today. But sometimes there is so much of those other things that what is neglected is the word of God itself. And so instead of having some things that prepare you for the message, there's a whole bunch of stuff and then you get a little message tacked on at the end, as my pastor used to say when I was growing up. Uh, A sermonette for Christianettes. We don't want that, right? We want to be able to come to the house of God and we want the Lord to speak to us from the Holy Scriptures. And as I was thinking about that, listening to him and thinking about his entire life, ministry, serving the Lord and all the times that he had the opportunity to teach and to preach the Word of God, you know what? The only people that ever benefited from his ministry were the ones who were there. There were the ones who were in church where he was a pastor. There were the ones who were at the conference that he was preaching at. And the truth is, folks, if you're not here, you don't hear the teaching of the Word of God. And I don't know about you but I find that having just one message a week is very very little it's kind of like trying to eat one meal and then make it for a week I don't know what your belly does but mine does something different you know a few hours it doesn't take too long It starts grumbling talking to me you know there's a sense of which spiritually speaking when you and I are not getting enough of the Word of God our, our spiritual stomach ought to start growling and I just really want to encourage you I know it's an extra hour on Sunday morning but I encourage you to come out we're studying some important things right now about the life of the Lord Jesus as God's perfect man the righteous man who went to the cross as our substitute and 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 became our Savior and, and we're gonna be talking in John's Gospel and we've got a lot to say in John's Gospel there's a lot to learn But folks, you won't get the benefit if you're not here. And I understand there may be reasons why some can't come, but I just really wanted to extend a personal invitation to you today to consider joining us on Sunday morning at 9.30. And uh, we'll study the Word of God together, and I hope that it will help you to grow. In September, we'll begin the evening Bible study again. After the concerts are over, we'll start the evening Bible study on Sunday And that following week, we're also going to start the Thursday morning Bible study for those that are interested. Those things are coming up. But for now, you can come Sunday, one extra hour, crawl out of bed just a little bit earlier, and join us to study the Word. And I think it will be a blessing and an encouragement to your hearts. Do you have access to my notes? Okay, I hoped I put that on the little... There we go. That's great. Let's just bow for prayer as we begin this morning. And let's ask God to speak to our hearts as only he can do our God and father we come into your presence this morning and one of the things that I have been learning in these days Lord is my absolute and utter dependence upon you and not just to preach Lord I am utterly dependent upon you to do anything that will glorify your name If I do it in my flesh, if it's not forgotten in this world, which it probably will be, but if it's not forgotten in this world, it's going to be burned at the judgment seat of Christ. Lord, anything that was not for you and for your glory alone is going to be consumed and destroyed and it will not last. But, Father, that which is done in the energy and power of the Holy Spirit and that is done for your glory will last to your glory for all eternity. And that's what we want you to accomplish through our time in the Word of God this morning. Because we want to be heroes of the Word and we want to understand what the Word of God actually is saying to us today. But we want more, Lord. We're not satisfied with hearing. We want to be doers of the Word. We want to be happy because we do them. Not because we hear them, but because we do them, Lord. And we know that you'll bless us when we are obedient children. So, Father, we approach the word of God today wanting to know, but also asking for grace to do, to put into practice. We'll be careful to praise you, Lord, for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been studying together in Colossians chapter 1 in verses 3 to 8 the epistolic commendation and I only mentioned that Paul gave thanks to God in prayer for these believers because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because of their love for the Saints and because of their hope of the inheritance in heaven and he thanked God that they shared those blessings aren't you glad you have those blessings in your life today We finished last time, just beginning, talking about their salvation and its fruit, which we see in verses 5b through 6. I want you to notice that the result of their believing the truth was fruit. Notice it says here, bringing forth fruit as it is also among you. I put in my notes here. We are, you and I, are the fruit of the gospel. One day someone shared the truth with us, we believed. Praise God, that's true. Mine was October the 28th, 1968. Reading in one of the books that I was reading this week, the author, Philip Yancey, said there is a spot in a building back in the church that I grew up in that is very sacred to me because he said that's the place where I knelt down with someone and I prayed to receive Christ as my savior and as I was reading those words I was thinking about that day in 1968 when I received Jesus it was in the nursery of our local church every other room on the Sunday school floor they had boys being led to Christ in every one of those rooms that night and there were like six rooms so they walked me into the nursery and I got down next to the, one of the cribs on my knees and with two of the men that were there working with the boys that night, I received Christ as my Savior. Well, today that building is a veterinary office. It's a, a veterinary hospital. That church built a massive new church down the road and sold that building and So I think I probably, if I went in and found that room today, it might not be quite so holy-looking these days as it was back then. But I want to tell you, folks, there was a night that I was the fruit of the gospel. There was a night that you were the fruit of the gospel. The word of God was shared, and you believed, I believed, and today we have Christ as our Savior. We are not saved by our fruit. But we are saved unto a fruitful life. Now what I mean by that is this. You don't go to heaven because you read your Bible. You don't go to heaven because you go to church. You don't go to heaven because you keep the Ten Commandments. Now those are all good things for us to do. But they're not the basis of our salvation. We're not saved by living out the fruit of the Christian life. But we are saved by the grace of God unto a fruitful life. And when Paul wrote to the Colossians, he said, listen, you have believed in the Lord Jesus, you love the saints, you have the hope of going to heaven, and he said, God has saved you to live a fruitful life for the glory of God, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, it says in verse 10, we'll get to this later, fully pleasing him being what? Fruitful in every good work. Now, let me be very clear about this, and I tried to mention this in my prayer today. I don't need the power of God just to preach. I need the help of God to get out of bed with a good attitude in the morning. I don't know about you. I need the help of the Lord to sit down to my table and open the word of God and not just read, but understand what I'm reading. I can't do that without the help of the Lord. As I face the day, whatever it is I'm doing, you know, now and again, I I cook meals to take to some of the older folks in the church. And I love doing that. It's just, for me, it's a a way to relax and I have fun and it sometimes is a blessing to some of the folks in the church. But you know what? I don't even want to cook chicken without the help of God. Because every part of my life is to be a fruit unto the glory of God. I want to cook my chicken in a way that God is pleased. And those that eat it want it cooked right too. You know, make sure they don't get sick. But we have, are to be fruitful in every good work. Now this is a familiar passage to us, particularly verses 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, salvation is not by the good things we do. But notice, for we, who's the we? The we are those who have been saved by grace through faith apart from works but we are his workmanship that means God did a work in us the day he saved us it's called regeneration he brought us to life in Christ notice he created us in Christ Jesus if any man is in Christ he's a what? he's a new new creation he's a new creature All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But notice, created in Christ Jesus for what purpose? To go to heaven someday. Now, you could put in there to go to heaven someday because we who are saved will go to heaven someday. But that's not his initial purpose in saving us. He saved us to change us so that we will then live a life of good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, I got news for you. There are things on this earth that God plans you and only you to do. He has good works, which he prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Now, if you don't do them, God might have to send somebody along to do them in your place, but they will never be able to do them the way God intended you to do it that's why I need to not be concerned about what you're doing I need to be concerned about what I'm doing I need to say Lord what is your plan for my day today and Lord help me when I put my head on the pillow tonight to have accomplished your will for this day so we've been saved we've been recreated we've been regenerated for the purpose of good works now probably one of the more familiar chapters in the New Testament is John chapter 15 where Jesus talks about the vine and the branches. You remember that passage and I'm not going to go into great detail in that passage. I just want to mention a few things here quickly. John 15:4, the key to producing spiritual fruit is abiding in Christ. To abide in means to remain in Christ. Now, he's not suggesting that it's possible once you're in Christ to get out of Christ. He's not talking about losing your salvation here. What he's saying is, once you are in Christ, what you want to do is to make your whole life about Christ. And how do you do that? There's only one way we do that. And that is by filling our minds and our hearts with his precious word. At one point in this chapter, Jesus says you and me and i in you and the word in you now verse four says abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me now what i want you to understand that in this particular illustration Jesus talks about branches, some of which do not produce any fruit. And then there are branches that do produce fruit. The branches that do not produce fruit are cut off and they are burnt. Those that do produce fruit are pruned so that they will produce better in the future. What Jesus is teaching there, that in the professing church, there are always some who profess to be saved who are actually not saved. And the evidence as to whether they're truly saved or not is that they will have fruit in their lives. And if there's no fruit, they're not saved no matter how many times they pray the prayer. No matter how many times they say they were Christian. And so he says, a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Listen, the only way you and I can have fruit in our lives is as Jesus does a work in us. And so we stay close to him so that that might be the case. Now notice with me, and and again, we're not looking at the passages in detail, but in verse 2, it talks about the branch that bears fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit we were just looking the other day at my house at the vine the the grapevine outside in front of the parsonage two years ago someone and it wasn't me but somebody pruned that vine that year we'd gotten some grapes we hadn't gotten a tremendous amount but I tell you what they pruned it and then next year last year we had such an abundance of grapes I can't even begin to tell you we had five different people come a couple of times and fill bags full and a whole bunch of them still went bad. I went out looking this week at that and they are loaded this year. You know what the key was? Pruning. You prune away that which isn't good for the plant and the rest of it takes in all the nourishment and produces a lot of fruit. Something I have never noticed before, and they've probably been there all along, but Vicky pointed out to me. I have all of these bushes coming up out of that grapevine that are raspberries. And they are packed, they're loaded with raspberries this year. So I got a few of them the other day, and I put them in my mixed fruit that I have, and I'm gonna harvest the rest. And no, you can't have any of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna harvest them all and put them in the freezer you're all welcome to grapes because I don't use them so if you want grapes you come on I'll tell you when they're ready no but here's the point a branch that is a true branch that is a true believer will produce fruit if there's no fruit you're not real but notice in verse 2 he says every branch that bears fruit thats step one you bear fruit he prunes that it may bear what more fruit you know what God's never satisfied with a little how many of you plant something and say, boy, I hope only a teeny bit grows. Yeah. You plant something, you want it to be the biggest and the best and bear the most fruit possible, right? Guess what? God wants more fruit. He'll never be satisfied with what you produce. He wants you to do more. Why? The more you do, the more he's glorified. But God's not even satisfied then. In verse 5, he says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He abides in me and I in him bears, What? Not just more food. He says, I want much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. He says, oh, but with me, what? Nothing shall be impossible. And then lastly in verse 8, he says, by this my Father is glorified. Do you want to glorify God? Do you want to glorify God? He says, listen, if you want to glorify God, he says, this glorifies Him that you bear what? Much Fruit, so you will be my disciples. A follower of Jesus bears fruit in his life. So the question is, are you bearing fruit in your life today? You say, well, what exactly do you mean? What kind of fruit am I to bear? Well, there's several kinds of fruit in the Bible. First of all, there's the fruit of the Spirit. And if I can summarize that, it is Christ-like character qualities. Christ-like character qualities. Galatians 5, and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is. Notice it's singular, the fruit. It doesn't say the fruits are. What he's saying is, just like if you have a bunch of grapes, there's a whole bunch of them, but you don't say, of a bunch of grapes, you don't say, uh, uh, or you don't look at a grape and say, those are grapes. There's a whole bunch of them here he says the fruit singular of the spirit it's a cluster of many qualities and all together it's the fruit of the spirit listen God doesn't want you just to have love does he want you to have love absolutely this is agape love this is a sacrificial giving love he wants you to have that he wants that to characterize your life but then he also says he wants you to have what joy Some of us need to be reminded of that. We walk around looking like we've been baptized in pickle juice. Love, joy, what? Peace. Is your life ever full of anxiety? He says, no, I want you to have peace. One of the things that Jay Packer said in his testimony last night that really stood out to me, he said, I don't know why, but he says, ever since the night I came to know Jesus as my Savior, He said, one of the things that I learned that very night was that God was in absolute control of my life and I never had to worry again. He says, I'm not saying I didn't go through troubles and trials, but he said, deep down in my heart, I always knew this, God is in control. And it brought what? Peace. Brought peace. Long-suffering. Any of you short-suffering people? Hmm? Kindness you ever struggle to be kind is it do you ever find yourself unkind what about goodness goodness means showing favor to others faith and it's literally faithfulness are we faithful are we gentle do we have self-control I think if you go through that list you're going to say, "Well, I'm doing okay in this and then, you know, I could do better, but I'm doing pretty well in this, but boy, this one and this one and this one, I'm I'm boy, I'm struggling with them." He says, "Against such there is a law, no law. In other words, he says, "God'll never say, don't be loving. God'll never say, don't be kind." Right? There's no law against these things. In fact, he says, let the fruit of the Spirit, these Christ-like character qualities, be manifest, continue in your life, and may they be growing bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. So the question is, do you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life? And notice, it's the fruit of the who? Spirit. The Holy Spirit. If you're going to have this fruit, the Holy Spirit has to be in control. And the only way He's in control is when you surrender yourself to Him that's called the filling of the spirit but there's a second kind of fruit the bible talks about the fruit of souls do you know that we as christians are meant to reproduce what that means is we are meant once we come to know jesus to try to help other people come to know jesus this is one of the first verses i learned in bible school the fruit of the righteous a righteous is a person who has been Declared righteous by God the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. What does a tree produce? It produces Fruit and the fruit of the righteous and he who what wins souls is wise now God has not said I want you to keep track and every time you win why you ticker off there it is Oh, There's another because I got news for you, maybe some of the people we pray with don't actually get saved. I remember hearing the story of C. H. Spurgeon one day as he was walking down the street with a friend of his. And along down the sidewalk comes this guy staggering back and forth like this, and he gets right up to C. H. Spurgeon and he sees him and he recognizes him and he says, "Pastor Spurgeon," he says. I'm one of your converts. (laughs) C.H. Spurgeon said, I can tell you're one of mine. You're certainly not one of God's. (laughs) Only God can save a soul, Amen. amen? But he can use us to influence people for Christ. The fruit that he wants is for us to be constantly proclaiming the gospel, giving people the opportunity to believe. Are you doing that? Are you sharing Christ with the lost? there's a third kind of fruit in the Bible it's called the fruit of righteousness James 3 18 says now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace a peacemaker remember Jesus said blessed are the peacemakers now who do we make peace with if you're a peacemaker you make peace between two opposing parties This is a manward kind of fruit. In other words, you help other people get along. You're a peacemaker. You see a conflict taking place and you come in between the two conflicted parties and you seek to bring them together. You know what? That's exactly what Jesus did for you and me between us and God. We were enemies of God and Jesus is the one mediator between God and man and he has reconciled us to God. Well, guess what? We're supposed to do that for one another. If you see another brother or sister and they're not getting along, you need to go to that brother and sister and get them together and say, we need to have a talk. Not because you're better than them. Not because you've never needed someone to do the same for you. But because God has called us to love one another. And part of loving one another is getting along with one another. We're to love one another as we love ourselves and as Christ loved us. And so when a brother or sister are in the outs, you and I need to help them. I put this in my notes. The gospel will change how we treat others. There's another kind of fruit. Fruit unto holiness. And this is a fruit that is Godward. Romans 6.22 But now having been set free from sin. When did that happen? The The moment of salvation. And by the way, that is a positional liberation. In Christ I've been set free. Now that doesn't mean that I never sin. But sin's power was broken the day that I got saved. Now I may not take advantage of that. But sin's power was broken. The Bible says in Romans 6:14, "Sin shall not have dominion over you." We've been set free from sin, and having become slaves of who? Slaves of God. Who were we slaves of before? We were slaves of Satan, and we were slaves of the world. And we were even slaves to our own flesh. Do you ever find it hard to say no to yourself? Huh? When I think about this, I always think of that message one time I heard where a pastor was giving the illustration about preachers who need to exercise more self-control in the area of food. And he likened it to a prize fight, and he said, In this corner! The man of God. And he goes on and on and on about, you know, a faithful man of God and so on. And then he said, and in the other corner, a slice of apple pie. And it's a knockout on the first round. The apple pie wins. What I want you to understand, folks, is we can overcome in the power of the Holy Spirit. We're slaves of God. We belong to him. And he says, you have your fruit to what? To holiness. The only reason you and I can be holy today, and that word means what? Not holier than now. Holy means set apart from sin to God. So everything that I do today, I want to do for God. I want to do for his glory. I want to make sure that the way I talk to you today, I won't regret something that I said. I want to make sure that when I go home today, I won't regret the way that I treated somebody. I want to go home and have acted in such a way that I won't regret the message that I preached, that in somehow I failed to communicate the truth of God. Why? Because this all has to do with my relationship with God. Yes, I need to get along with people, but folks, I need to have the fruit of holiness in my life to be set apart completely to God, 1,000%. Change within leads to change without. If God transforms your heart, he will be able to transform your tongue and your hands and your feet and your wallet. Say so you stopped preaching and went to meddling. Okay, we'll move on we have the fruit of holiness he says and in the end what the Bible says without holiness no man will see God not because our change into holiness saves us it's because when we really are saved we will be changed God doesn't save you and then leave you right where you are and then one day go, bloop, there you are. Now you're perfect. No, he starts and in your Christian life, he begins changing you day by day from one level of glory to another. So you and I need to be more like Jesus today than we were yesterday. And a year from now, if Jesus tarries, we need to be more like him than we are today. The fruit of holiness. There's one more. The fruit of giving thanks to God. Are you a thankful person? Are you a thankful person? I'm thankful I just looked. i got still 20 minutes to preach. I'm very thankful to the Lord. You know we need to be thankful people. Think about what you have today. I don't mean just your possessions. are glad you had the health and strength to get out of bed this morning and come to the Lord's house. You know we have people at home, Brother Lee is home bless his heart, he came home Friday after having had heart surgery and it's going to take weeks perhaps months for him to fully recover from this particular procedure but I want to tell you something, when I visited him in the hospital on Thursday, you know what he was? Thankful He'd come do the surgery. They said everything was going to be fine. Now he said it didn't all feel fine. You know, and they open up your whole chest and, you know, go get going. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. But he came through it and he said, isn't God good? We need to be thankful. Are you thankful that when you go home today, you've probably got something in the cupboard you're going to be able to eat? Are you thankful for your friends, for your family? Are you thankful for your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you thankful we have a church building where we can meet to worship Almighty God? Are you thankful that despite the virus, the devil hasn't closed us down here? We're still paying the bills. Why? Because God has used you to be faithful during this time. But you couldn't have given it if you hadn't received it. Now, where did you get it from? I worked hard at my job. I earned every penny. My dad used to say that before he came to know the Lord. just says, everything I got, I did by working hard. That's how I got it. And I said, Daddy, what if God decided your heart wasn't going to work today? How hard would you get working today? <coughs> Thank the Lord he came to know Jesus, you know. There was a time he thought he was the end to himself. One thing I know is that I am utterly and totally dependent upon God today. And God is everything that I need. The fruit of giving thanks. The psalmist said, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even what? Praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. People need to see your thanksgiving. People need to hear your praise. They may not be thanking God for their blessings, but when you thank God for your blessings, it is a reminder to them that there is a God to whom they must give an account one day. So thank Him publicly. Thank Him for all that He's doing for you. This is an amazing verse. Wow. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be what? What's the next word? Married to another. Now, who do we get married to? To him who is raised from the dead. We are married to Christ. Now, what happens when someone gets married? The two become one. It's the same way with Christ. That's why you'll never be lost. Once you're in Christ, you'll never be lost because the Bible says, What God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. And that's not just physical marriage, that's our spiritual marriage to Christ. We will never be separated from Christ. But he said, You got united to Jesus for a reason. You know what happens? In our case, we had it happen a little quicker than what we planned. We got married and 10 months later, our son was born. And he was two and a half weeks overdue. So imagine how quick she was expecting We had our first anniversary. Woo-hoo! Our little boy. You know what happens? Generally speaking, and it may not happen in the first year, like in our case, but usually a man and a woman get together, become one flesh, and guess what? They reproduce. You know what the reproduction is that comes out of being married to Christ? That we should bring forth What? fruit unto God. Union with Christ makes it possible for fruit to take place. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, the life we're living today is all because of what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing and what Jesus is yet going to do. And he wants us to produce fruit for the glory of God. Now, there's one more thing that I want you to see. And I I, I was... Had more than this, I was going to go into verse 9, but we're not going to make it today. I'm just going to go through this section. That doesn't look right to me. Let me just see what happens here. The fellow servant, oh yeah, that's right, letter C. We've seen Paul's thanks to God in prayer, their salvation and its fruit. Lastly, verses 7 and 8, the fellow servant and his faithfulness. I want to talk to you for a few moments about Epaphras. I have mentioned to you that Epaphras he's mentioned in verse 7 as you also learn from Epaphras our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf who also declared to us your love in the Spirit I've mentioned to you before that the Apostle Paul had never been to Colossae he was not involved in planning this church he had not gone there to preach the gospel, but rather Epaphras was the man that the Lord used to plant his church. So, understand, the Colossians heard the gospel through Epaphras. Secondly, and this is very important, verse 7 says that he was a faithful minister of Christ, he wasn't just a minister. He wasn't just a servant of Christ. He was a faithful servant of Christ. Do you know that you can be a servant of Christ and not be a faithful servant of Christ? Do you know that there are pastors who are unfaithful? Do you know that there are missionaries who are unfaithful? There are evangelists who are unfaithful? It says in Corinthians, it is required in stewards, it isn't suggested, it is required in stewards that a man be found what? Faithful. This is the chief characteristic in ministry, that you can depend upon your minister to do what your minister is supposed to do. Now you folks don't watch my life every day. Most of you only see me on Sunday morning for an hour. I want to assure you I do more than show up for this one hour. Do a little more work than that. But you don't know what I'm doing. God knows every morning when I get out of bed and when I don't. He knows if I had my devotions, or if I didn't. He knows if I spent time in prayer, and he knows whether I prayed for you, or if I didn't. He knows if I have adequately studied and prepared to minister to you the Word of God, or if I didn't. He knows how many of you I have visited in the course of a week, or if I haven't he knows every detail of my life just like he knows about yours but guess what when you go to work not every case if you're the boss this is different for you that if you're not the boss and you go to work somebody is looking over your shoulder right they're keeping track of you I don't know if anyone's keeping track of me except the Lord and I'm glad that the Lord has an awful heavy hand I am I'm serious I am I'm glad that he has a heavy hand and he keeps track of me and he lets me know if I'm slacking off because I need to be faithful when I stand before God someday he's not gonna say how many were in your congregation Robbie May you be blessed because you had a thousand. Well, if that's the case, I'm in big trouble. No, you know what he's going to ask me? In fact, he's he's going to know already. But this is going to be the basis of my evaluation. Robbie, were you faithful? Now, depending on who you ask in this church... Some people will say, yes, I know my pastor is faithful, referring to me. And there are some who will say, I don't know if he's very faithful. I think he just lazes around. You say there are some people who think like that? Yeah, they do, and I know because they've expressed it to me. That's okay. Because I got news for you. That person isn't going to be sitting on the throne of judgment someday. It's only going to be the Lord Jesus, and he's going to do the evaluating. I'd better be faithful, because that is what God expects of me. And Paul recognized in Epaphras a man who had been called of God, commissioned by the Lord, gifted by God, and was using his ministry faithfully to bring the Colossians to personal faith in Jesus Christ. Now we also learn here that Epaphras was a fellow servant of the Apostle Paul. We see that in verse 7 as well. He said he calls him our dear fellow servant. What I like about this is that Paul was fully prepared to acknowledge the existence of other servants of God. Ministry was not all about him and his reputation and what people thought of him. He realized that he was a part of a team of men throughout the world who are being used of God to build the church. Now he uses us all in that process but he has leadership. The fourth thing I want you to notice that Epaphras kept Paul up to date on the work in Colossae. It says he declared unto us your love. You know, it's it's great to get a word of encouragement now and again, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Now, I don't know who did it. I have no idea. I came in this morning, and there was a little envelope up on the pulpit here. And I opened it up, and it was just a note from somebody from the church, and I don't recognize the handwriting. But they wrote a little note, and they just thanked me for my faithfulness in ministering as pastor of the church and ministering the word. Well, that doesn't happen every Sunday. You can put yours up next week, you know. No, I mean, I, I don't have an expectation that's going to happen. But I want to tell you something. When I came in and I saw that, I read that little note, I said, thank you, Lord. At least, you know, hopefully I've been a blessing to that, that person. And if so, Lord, you get the glory and but that was that was an encouragement and Paul writes I mean Paphras writes to Paul or or contacts him he actually visits him and he says Paul they've never met you but you know what they already love you in the Lord you're already loved in our church and they can't wait for you to get there and Paul says I can't wait to get there either because I want to be a blessing and I want to receive a blessing from the brethren it's a joy and we can encourage one another in the Lord, even when we don't know the person. In verses twelve and thirteen, it says that Epaphras said what I want to call a pastor's heart. Listen to what it says. Let me see if I have it on there. Yeah, Epaphras, who is one of you, that means he came from Colossae. He's from that area. He's one of you, a bond servant of Christ. He's a servant of the Lord. He greets you. Always laboring, what's the next word? Fervently for you in prayers. Now there's several things about that phrase. First of all, it's something he was always doing. One hit or miss. He always labored. Just the word alone makes me tired. Right? Right? We have to labor but then it says he labored what he labored fervently it isn't like your kid when you tell him to go out and mow the lawn and you go out another an hour later and they've done one little strip that's not laboring fervently but he says he labored fervently but you would think oh you mean preaching you mean visiting no he said in your what Prayers. I want to ask you something, folks. Do you labor fervently in prayer? How much time do you pray? Now you're not spiritual because oh, I got through. It takes me. And some people say, oh, I, I need at least two hours to get through my prayer list every day. Well, if so, good. But you don't have to brag about it, right? But here's my point. I wonder if we added up the minutes in the course of a week and guess what God does if there's nothing you do he doesn't write down how much time in the last seven days would you've spent actually talking to God not talking about praying not sharing prayer requests how much did you time did you spend actually praying And did you pray for your brethren? How much did you pray this week for the other people who attend this church? And I don't mean, Lord, bless our church family. That's done. Because I have a feeling that every one of us has different needs. we all need blessing but we all need a whole lot more listen folks it's never enough to say Lord bless so and so bless this I mean that's okay but you know what be specific someone says if you shoot at nothing you'll hit it every time when you go to God in prayer listen you know how you know you've gotten an answer to prayer when you've prayed specifically and got a specific answer isn't that good? I mean, don't you like specific answers to prayer? We have to pray specific. I think when we pray for Lee these days, we need to pray because he's in pain. We need to pray because healing needs to take place where he had this incision. We need to pray that his heart will continue to function properly now that they cut the thing open and pulled out a vein and then shut it back up again. We need to pray. There's lots of things we can pray specifically about him. We could go on and on and on praying for Brother Lee if we thought about it. And I'll bet you anything Lee would appreciate it. Do you have specific needs you wish people were to pray about? Folks, listen. We need to pray for one another. He labored in prayer. I just put this down real quick. A pastor must love his people, feed his people, protect his people, and serve his people. And if I'm not doing those things, I'm not being a faithful pastor, but Epaphras had a pastor's heart, real quick. It is possible that on this visit to see Paul, Epaphras had also been imprisoned. Paul writes from prison to Philemon, and he says this in verse 23, Epaphras, my fellow what? My fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus greets you. How many want to go visit Paul and then get thrown in the cell with him? And it seems like that's what happened. And wasn't crying about it. You know what he was doing? During this time of absence from Colossae, you know what he was doing? Praying fervently, laboring fervently in prayer for the brethren. The last thing I just want you to notice In verse 17, Paul writing says, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Some suggest that that verse implies that because Epaphras was now in jail, the pastor, for a while, Archippus needed to step up to the plate and function as pastor of the church. He was to take Epaphras' place. So one of these days, if I croak, folks, Get ready. They may call you and say, step up to the plate. We ought to be willing to serve, amen. I think probably Archippus was a spiritual leader in the church. You don't just ask anyone to be the pastor, you know, take over leadership in the work. So he was probably a man of God, a, a man with great testimony. But who would want to step into the pastoral position unless they were confident that was what God's will was, right? That's a big responsibility. And, and and Paul just says, Listen, Archippus, step up, buddy. You need to get in there because Epaphras is eating what I'm eating these days. And he's sitting where I am and he's in the same chains I'm in. So you gotta get busy, buddy. Serve the church. Well, we're gonna stop there for today. Better, right? Because it's a minute after twelve. Huh? No, I'll stop. I'll stop. I guess my heart, as I think about it today, two things that will stand out from the message in my mind are how well am I doing at producing spiritual fruit for the glory of God? Secondly, how much time do I really labor fervently in prayer? For whatever the need is, but to labor fervently. And it says, not just once in a while, always. They have prayers that are fervent. What does that scripture say? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails what? Much. Are your prayers effectual? Are they fervent? Are they accomplishing much? May the Lord help us, amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the holy scriptures today. We've been reminded that we've been saved to serve. That before the foundations of the world, you not only elected us to salvation, but you chose beforehand the works that you would have us to accomplish during our lifetime as believers. Help us, Lord, not to miss your will. Help us, Lord, not to miss your to-do list for us. And give us the grace and the strength to obey. So that we at the end of our lives can say like the Lord Jesus did. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Lord our prayer lives. Oh how desperately we need to grow in our prayer lives. That we will pray always. That we will labor in prayer. That we will pray fervently. With enthusiasm. With faith with anticipation, with expectation and then give you glory Lord because all the answers will come from you and we will praise you offering the fruit of thanksgiving bless your word to our hearts Lord dismiss us in Jesus name Amen
0: And this has been the Ewok Podcast with Pastor Robbie Locke. We hope it's been challenging and exuberating and uplifting in your life as it has mine. We hope it helps you walk closer with God and understand Him better and the truth He's laid out for us in His Word. If you've really enjoyed this sermon or it's had a great impact upon your life, leave us an email or go to our Facebook page or our website and just leave a comment that we might know exactly how it's impacted you. It's very uplifting for us to see those things for it helps us to push forward to continue doing these. Well, that's all I got for time. Until next week, God bless.